This is a HeadGum Podcast. Thanks for listening to No Joke with Billy and Adam on the HeadGum Podcast Network, the least topical podcast on the internet. Today's topic was Trump's virus. We hope you enjoy the No Joke Podcast. Okay, welcome back. It is the No Joke Podcast. I am Billy Scafiori. And I'm Adam Lustig. And it is episode number 238, and we have had some news in the news, Adam. Yes, the news has been keeping us abreast of its own news recently. Mm. It's been quite a week in our world and our nation. I have a question. Do you watch the news? Are you a news guy? There's been I news don't... everywhere. There's always news I on know. our phones and our devices, but do you watch the news? No, I don't really watch the news. Mm. Um, I don't – we have like – well, at home we're, – we're obviously not home right now. Maggie and Fig and I are traveling. But at home we have like Roku TV. So like the only weird like news channel we get is like CBS News. And like like it's never live. It's always like like chopped up into two-minute segments from like earlier that day and it always feels a little bit antiquated. Do you so have I'm access like a, to television? Do you have access to ABC, CBS, NBC, MSNBC, CNN, Fox, all those nations? Some of those. Some. Some. Like okay. the networks we can get, but not really CNN, like not really some of those cable networks. Got it. Not that I really ever watch those anyway. I'm sort of a Twitter scroller slash physical newspaper consumer. That's Got sort it. of how I – that's – what about you? Are you watching CNN and so MSNBC, we, et cetera? So me and the missus, um, we have Roku and we also have YouTube TV, which is essentially like 60 channels of television. So it's like cool. c- cable light. So it gets you everything right. you need. Um, it's really just a huge smoke screen for me to have three different ESPNs on my television. <laughs> um, but over the, <laughs> the course real of the news. past week, um, over the course of the past week, I have found myself tuning into the CNNs and MSNBCs, even when there isn't a debate, to clock what we are going to try and talk about today, and that is Trump's virus. We are bucking the no-joke brand of being the least topical podcast on the internet to address the – really, I mean, it sort of makes sense. This seems to be the only event that it's sort of blo- it's sort of blocking out the sun in terms of all other sort of topical anything that's going on in the world right now. Yeah. It's just the fact that um, the our White House and our the executive branch of our government seems to be the, the new epicenter of this pandemic. <laughs> yes. I think as of now, there's something like 32 people who uh, work in the oh. White House. Who are senior level executives who now have the Trump virus. Um, I think one of the reasons why I wanted to talk about this today, of course, it's on the front of both of our minds and seems like the nation's mind. But um, I also listened back to last week's episode, Costco versus BJ's. And I thought, we owe the nation an apology. (laughs) (laughs) That was... 45 minutes of confetti there was just nothing there was no connective tissue it was just i listened back and i was like what are we doing out here not not even costco versus bj's as stores or as like sort of commercial entities specifically the costco versus bj's iphone user experience yes the digital experience of shopping online for either (laughs) costco or bj's when i was writing (laughs) the description of the episode onto our podcast page I, the first sentence I wrote was, Billy and Adam review stores they've never been to. And I thought to myself, 
If I was a listener who had never heard of the No Joke podcast before, stumbled upon it, and I wanted to see what their most recent episode was about, and I found out they were reviewing stores they have never been to, I would probably say, thank you, next. <laughs> thank you, next, Ariana Grande. Exactly. Nice. Got it. You'd, you would Grande right past our podcast. I would Grande right So you right thought, past. might as well sink our teeth into something a little bit more relevant, a mm-hmm. little ripped from the relative headlines. Mm-hmm. We leave Costco and BJ's behind, mm-hmm. and uh, we dig into COVID-19 as it relates to every member of our executive branch. That's right. So (laughs) let's start the timeline almost exactly one week ago to today. It was Thursday of last week when some of the – I think some sort of the weird things started happening. So it would be the day after that. It would be Friday where Amy Coney Barrett, uh, the – elected or soon to be elected or whatever yes, the person right. who's been nominated let's say supreme court justice um had yes. some sort of um you know i don't know if you call it a confirmation hearing but they had some sort of gathering um at the white I house think they were just Garden. sort of formally announcing that trump was nominating her to be the judge i think mm-hmm. it was just like an event sort of commemorating her officially being nominated i believe and there was about 150 people who attended the rose garden that day which already seems right. to fly in the face of coronavirus um you know, rules and regulations. Fly right in the face. Oh, yeah. Um, and I think what makes all this so ironic and so satisfying to a certain extent is that of the 150 people that were there, I would argue that probably 148 of them have been telling you not to wear a mask, that this <laughs> yeah, is all really. some sort of hoax, that they're right. downplaying the severity, that you're fine, that it only helps and that it only hurts the elderly, even though yes. a good 60% of the people there are the elderly. They're still saying that. that well, that's message. for one thing, absolutely. And aside from the fact that th- those that that's not even tr- I mean, that's not even true. Obviously, Fact. I mean, right. like, the science of the virus just does not support that whatsoever. So these people are just being stubborn and contrary and proud or mm-hmm. just spiteful, whatever the combination is there. Yeah. And, and so and last stupid. Thursday, and stupid. last Friday, yeah. everyone's watching and they're saying the this is so disgraceful, if only because um so many people who are there now have said that we shouldn't be forcing in a, um, <clears throat> a Supreme Court justice when um, there's about to be a lame duck president, hopefully. And so right. that was the news. Until about like 12, 16, 18 hours pass, <clears throat> yeah. I believe that um, – I don't know who the first one was, but it was around like the 26th through the 29th, something like that. Hope yeah. Hicks, the news tr- trickles right. out. That right. Hope Hicks, the senior advisor to Donald Trump, yes. now has the novel coronavirus. Okay. Okay. All right. So it's like, okay, COVID has sort of wound its way. The general population, I mean, to be, yes, okay, not to step on your toes here, but yes, Hope Hicks was the first domino to fall. Yes. She was the first one, right? Okay, got it. No, and you're not stepping on my toes. I think that the reason why we're doing this episode is to simultaneously try and see how we, I'm curious how you reacted to it. Because I think there's a few different ways that like bad news can be reacted to. But that being said, um, Hope Hicks was at the um, Amy Coney Barrett event um, alongside other people like President Trump, Melania Trump, this guy named Mike Lee, Tom Tillis, um, Kellyanne Conway, Governor Chris Christie, a lot of names that you've heard before. um, But the The only reason I bring them up now, yes, the only reason why I bring them up now is because they all also got the novel coronavirus at the event. Yes, which is not a huge shock because as we know from science, 
Uh, this is a virus that is fairly easily transmissible, specifically through close, prolonged close contact. Being outdoors helps, but not if you're going to be shoulder to shoulder with somebody for hours. Right. Uh, that sort of negates the safety of being outdoors. So it's not a shock that a lot of people hanging out in close quarters for hours without masks. And also, in addition to the outdoor Rose Garden, uh, Rose Garden event, there was then a sort of a, a smaller reception that was inside the White House, indoors. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as has been sort of well documented, the White House itself is a fairly old building. It's not very big. The West Wing is quite small. Mm. Uh, it's So everyone is – it's not like there's room within – a ton of room within the White House to social distance properly. Right. Um, so but let's not give the a, but let's not give the dimensions of the White House um, the pass where it's like, oh, well, no, that's they, why they got yeah. it. Because when no. they were outside, um, all of these people, these 150 people who were celebrating a Supreme Court justice that probably shouldn't even get the nod were hugging right. and handshaking yeah. and saying, yeah. let's get as close as we can. <laughs> Yeah, let's get as close as we can during this pandemic. Rub it all yeah. around. Literally, yeah, rub let's it get all the same around. Tube, shake it all around. And, exactly. And as you might expect, one by one, the dominoes started falling. And you know, the past four years have felt like supervillain on top of supervillain. We keep revealing Correct. these new people Correct. with new terrible motives. I mean, Bill Barr right. came into the story like in the third act, and it's like he somehow and is one of the biggest supervillains he, there is. He's the he's like the penguin from Batman. He's the worst of all. And so yeah. the experience of watching these people and kind of just like having to be like, how do they get away with so many lies for so long takes such a toll on us, the it American does. who doesn't agree with it. That it it's, Then the question becomes, when this news starts coming out, how do you react to it? How do you react yeah. to it internally? And how do you react to it externally? Um, yeah, it, it, so, Adam, I will say this. When uh, President Donald Trump, uh, Hope Hicks, makes the announcement 24 hours uh, previous to, prior to Donald Trump doing it, saying, I have the novel coronavirus, yes. and then everyone says, could it have spread? Could it have spread? And then around 1130, midnight, something like that, Pacific time, Donald Trump drops the tweet that says, me and Melania Trump uh, yeah. now have coronavirus, and we will be yeah. quarantining and getting through this together. Yes. So our so our king idiot has coronavirus. When you find out that news, Adam, A, when did you find out that news, and B, how did you react? Okay, I'm not – I can't – I guess I found out uh, around the t- – I don't know. I was – oh, oh, well, okay, so we're on the East Coast. So I woke up – I don't know. We have this baby, so it's like sleep is a tenuous situation. So I'm th- I think I was up at a – I don't know, late night, middle of the night, 3 a.m.-ish or so. Mm-hmm. And I checked my phone out of out of horrible 21st century habit, and I just like checked Twitter, which was in and of itself. What a nightmare. What a horrible habit. I'm just like waking up at 3 a.m. and checking Twitter. What just – Disagree. Nightmare. Strongly disagree. We Strongly disagree? We can that in a second. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> Okay, great. Well, I'm waking up at 3 a.m. I'm opening Twitter.com, and mm-hmm. I see – and that's when it, I sort of saw it. I even thought about waking Maggie up, and I was like, eh, this can wait. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, it was pretty late at night when I dis- when I read that Trump had COVID. Uh, I went back to bed, and, and, and I have to say, Maggie and I discussed it at length the next day, obviously, because – Someone tweeted something that was sort of in a funny tone, but it was true. It was like, can you die of schadenfreude? It was like, of course I felt like in the moment it felt good, frankly good. It, mm-hmm. it, fe- it felt in my body and in like my heart, it felt good. Mm-hmm. And like that was my knee jerk sort of lizard brain, sort of Malcolm Gladwell first knee jerk reaction. I was like, good, good. Well, I'm glad that he's ill. It makes sense. That, um, I'm glad that he's sick. Right. Well, I think that uh, we also, we've been lied to for so long that we're like, I don't understand how impenetrable him and his team are. So if yeah, we see right. any sort of consequence to the lies, it feels satisfying. Like it's like, oh, we live in reality again. Yeah, we that's need true. That confirmation. 
It's true. Like science, like the laws of science still apply to the biggest sort of like most craven liars amongst us. Mm -hmm. And that was like gratifying and satisfying. Um, it, but, but I have to admit, and, and I, of course, want to hear your um, sort of emotional journey with it as well, mm-hmm. but of course, like, I felt good. I felt deep schadenfreude. I felt deep, uh, um, almost glee. Dare I say glee? You dare. Um, say that, glee. I, I, I dare. Say it loud and uh, proud. But then I think my next few thoughts, because we live in this, like, like this this just politically tenuous time we're a month away from the election everyone's on pins and needles i'm anxious as hell about it as are so many of us mm-hmm. i thought um okay like first of all is it even true from the serial liar maybe mm-hmm. he doesn't and then i had to rattle through the thoughts of like oh jesus like what if he does like how could this be like i almost had to sort of check myself and be like okay how could this be weirdly bad news for us and good news for trump w- sure. what if he has covid kicks it comes back and says it's nothing it's fine. I told you. Mm-hmm. So, like, I sort of immediately went to – and another, like, plague of the Trump administration is, like, we all almost have to, like, for, are, like, forced to, like, think a little bit like him or, like, what he might be thinking or how mm-hmm. he's going to sort of, like, spin all this nonsense. Mm-hmm. So I think I immediately went into sort of, like, politics partisan brain and thought, like, how is Trump going to spin him having COVID good. into good. being into being good for him, which, of course, he did within days. That is the um, right – that is the exact right <laughs> response. You know, to understand and to defeat a cheater, you have – have to think like a yeah theater. yeah exactly right. so like I, my so like of course i felt vindicated i felt hooray for science i felt you go get him virus yeah for <laughs> sure we were all on the sidelines with our like banners and pennies saying virus virus <laughs> virus which is so twisted and then like i had a little bit i have like few moral qualms with wishing illness on another person i guess i do a little a little mm-hmm. bit like i should i don't want i you know i'm a good i'd like to think i'm a good morally sound person i don't want sure. anyone to be ill i don't wish ill on any of my fellow man but these are extraneous circumstances and he's a a a piece of shit so like he's an abuser abuser and a Uh science denier and has been doing nothing but downplaying and mocking uh people who are uh, taking precautions to get covid so it felt absolutely like i mean uh, this joke has been made a million times but like if the in the movie of the trump presidency like of course this is how this is like the climactic act three of this process that like he gets the virus a month before the election all the storylines are finally sort of starting to come together um but it felt narratively satisfying it felt emotionally satisfying but then i had a lot of second uh second guesses and i felt actually really more uneasy about it um af- like mid-afternoon the next day once i was really thinking about it and how how Trump was going to spin it to his benefit. Interesting. That's, All right, so that was, was sort of my yeah. Good. So in the first act, I wanted to talk about our just knee jerk reactions. Um, yeah. You know, I seeing was psyched. the news and receiving the news. Yeah, I was psyched. Hey, it was like <laughs> it was nine thirty where we were. Nine thirty, ten o'clock where we were. Uh, we were yeah. watching a movie, and we had known that Hope Hicks had gotten it, and all we yeah. were thinking was like just start spreading just like <laughs> like we need a leak we need we need a leak and we need to just start spreading oh, everywhere god and we just started actually thinking out loud like imagine if he did get it like how, yeah imagine, like, that would be a such big news but b like like between you and me such good news yeah, of course <laughs> you know? of course and then marina fell asleep and i looked at my phone around like 10 15 10 20 and shams yeah. Shar, uh, sharania uh shams he is one of the most respected basketball uh yeah journalists in yeah America, tweets out president donald trump and first lady melania trump have contacted the novel coronavirus breaking nba news 
And I was just yeah. like, Shams is breaking this? I didn't realize because I don't follow Donald Trump on social media um, that they had said Smart. it first. But I was really blown away that Shams had the inside track. Yeah. <laughs> and Adam, I swear, it was like seeing Kawhi is coming to the Knicks. Like Kevin Durant is coming yeah. to the Knicks. I was just like, yeah. this is the news we've been waiting for for seemingly yes. a lifetime. If only a, a couple hours, seemingly a lifetime. Um, yes. And so I did what any other uh, normal American in their mid-30s who hates this man does. They hopped on Twitter, and we started firing off jokes. Glee, baby. It was gleeful out there. It was like, yeah. (laughs) So uh, let's talk. I'm going to talk. I'll talk a little bit more about my experience in hearing the news. I'm eager, yeah. When he goes to the hospital, when he goes on his joyride, when he makes Those weird doctors. All those weird doctors. All those weird doctors. We will get into the second act in the second act. Uh, But first, Adam, we need a song. We're talking viruses. We're talking glee. We're talking glee. Glee. (laughs) Yeah, we are talking Ryan Murphy's glee. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. hmm. I don't think I ever really saw any of Glee, but man, what a smash show. <laughs> yeah, Glee. They used to cover a bunch of songs. They used to yeah. cover a bunch of songs, and I bet a lot of them were embarrassing in retrospect. Yes, I bet they were. <laughs> yes. Like, I wouldn't uh, be surprised yes. if they did an embarrassing cover of Kanye West's Gold Digger. Yeah, probably, right? That seems yeah. right That seems right in the timeline of Glee. Where it's like, none of this should be happening right now on this television show. Should we take an educated guess, Adam, and a, see if Glee did swing. Gold Digger? And if let's Glee didn't swing. do Gold Digger, are we doing, for the first time, maybe in 2020, Banana Phone? I think we have to, Bill. God, Them's the rules, brother. <laughs> we're hanging our hat on the fact that Glee might have covered <laughs> Kanye West's vaguely it's... inappropriate Gold Digger. We're about to find out. Right now. She take my money when I'm in need. Yeah, she's a trifling friend indeed. Oh, she's a gold digger way over town that digs on me. She gives me money. Now I ain't saying she a gold digger. But she ain't messing with no broke. Bro. Now I ain't saying she a gold digger. But she ain't messing with no broke, broke. Get down, girl, go ahead, get down. Get down, girl, go ahead, get down. Get down, girl, go ahead, get down. Get down, girl, go ahead. You be the bomb, met her out of beauty salon with the baby Louis Vuitton under her underarm. She said, I can tell you rock, I can tell by your charm. Farmers, girls, you got a flock, I can tell by your charm and your arm. But I'm looking for the one. Have you seen her? She a gold digger, uh, but she ain't messing with no broke, broke. Uh, now I ain't saying she a gold digger, uh, but she ain't messing with no broke, broke. Uh, get down, girl, go ahead, get down. Get down, girl, go ahead, get down. Get down, girl, go ahead, get down. Get down, girl, go ahead. 18 years, she got one of your kids, got you for 18 years. I know somebody paying child support for one of his kids. His baby mama car crib is bigger than his. You will see him on TV any given Sunday. Win a Super Bowl and drive off in a Hyundai. She was supposed to buy your shorty Tyco with your money. She went to the doctor, got lipo with your money. She walking around looking like Michael with your money. Should have got that insured Geico for your money. If you ain't no punk, holla, we want prenup. We want prenup! 
Welcome back to the No Joke Podcast. That was the cast of Glee with their predicted rendition of Kanye's Gold Digger. Good work, Billy. You had all your pop culture streams working there. You did it. Damn. I mean, sometimes an educated guess is just that. It's educated. You know the type of songs that they might do, and you know the way it might make you feel. So we looked up in the act break if they made it, and they did, and I knew how it would make me feel, and that word is cringy. Yeah, and now I feel like the cringe who stole Christmas because nice. there was just a bunch of skinny white, skinny yes. white, yes. like prepubescent yes. kids singing this yes. song that is just yes. so not their story. <laughs> not their story at all. Yeah. Nope. Uh, oh, baby. Shout out to the cast of Glee. And, um, Good work, guys. Good work. Yeah. Um, Adam, I got my mail-in ballot uh, already. Have you? Oh, I guess oh, you nice. have seen yours. Have you seen yours since you're in another state? Haven't seen it, um, have not seen it. Our mutual friends, Chris and Rebecca, have been sort of minding our house and have sort of been collecting our mail. So mm-hmm. we might text them to make sure that, that it sort of came in. But but you got yours. That's we great. We got ours, and there was a surprise that I saw inside of it. Kanye oh. West is running for vice president in California. Wait, vice president? For someone else. Wait, what? I don't have my ballot handy. Um, who's, at the to- who's at the top of the ticket? <laughs> All right, hold on. I'm going to go if not, dig up my ballot. Adam, okay. if you can vamp for about seven seconds, I might be able to find this ballot. So good Absolutely. luck vamping. Here we go. Okay, you got it. Uh, Billy's going to get his ballot right now. Kanye West, hip-hop artist, uh, famed bipolar, sometimes maniac, uh, subject of one of our podcast episodes from years ago, is apparently not running for president, but in late-breaking news to me, is running for vice president. Shocking. I wonder who's at the top of the ticket. Is it Common? Is it Joe Budden? Adam, uh, it I, is... Roque, in parentheses, Rocky de la Fuente Huera for president. What is, what is happening to our world? So you can vote what? for president, or you can vote for Joe Biden or Kamala Harris. You can vote for Donald Trump, Michael Pence. You can vote for a few other people. And you can also vote for Roque, Rocky, de la Fuente Guerra, and Kanye Omari West for vice president, American independent. How, what do you, how much of the popular vote do you reckon he'll pull, just percentage-wise? I just wonder how, what, what you think mm. his, his chances are. I mean, Maybe a hun- hundredths <laughs> of one percent. Yes. Hundredths I w- of one percent, I would say. I wonder if his own family will vote for him. I wonder if, the, if like Kim Kardashian and Chloe, et cetera, I wonder if they're going to vote for Kanye or no. Mm. I doubt it. I actually doubt it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's one of the things where it's like I don't even doubt it. I just – like the, my gut and body doesn't care like I have so little reaction to oh, yeah. that, that it, the publicity stunt and mental illness that is just paraded is just like I can't give an ounce of energy to thinking it's, about this. It's been said a million times, but this year, twenty twenty, the whole Trump era, godforsaken Trump era of this country, it's just like uh, like it has blown all other sort of even significant news out of the water and sort of out of our headlines to such a degree that like NASA has like basically confirmed that there are aliens. Yes. Like that has like Fact. confirmed that extraterrestrial life is real and actual and we know about it and no mm-hmm. one has the time. No mm-hmm. one has the time for that, NASA. Mm-hmm. So we are through the looking glass. We are just, we're living, I mean, if for no other reason, vote Donald Trump out so we don't have to keep talking, talking about him like this. Talking it is exhausting. About, it is yes. exhausting. And I don't my, want to talk about him anymore. But <laughs> my fear is, my fear is that people who don't have a lot to talk about in general oh. love this because it gives them something to wake up to every day, and that Jesus. they don't care. They don't feel passionate about the beliefs, and they don't feel angry about uh, the things that they don't agree with. I think every a lot of people just like having that thing you can wake up to and talk about 
Oh, God, I just wish it were an- literally anything. What about aliens? Could that be alien? We could all talk about how there's aliens. That would mm. be so much nicer. That would be so much more relaxing, so much less panic-inducing to me personally. Maybe I'm being selfish, but I would rather – I would almost rather have an alien as president, to be honest. Mm. Uh, I'm going to call you out on that, Adam. I don't know if that's going to be – I don't know if that's true. I think that the level of if real aliens came down and started like slowly walking down our blocks without yeah. talking to us, I think that that level of fear would be – unquantifiable to what we're going You might be right. right you might be right. It's almost like the, the devil that you know versus the devil that you don't know. We know, exactly. the, we know the capacity of Trump's stupidity and malevolence and ignorance. But aliens, you're right. We don't know. We don't know what they're capable of. We just don't. This is why I'm afraid of like big um, animals too, because you, yeah. know, you could be you could be an imposing figure walking down the street, and you could even do something violent towards me. But there's a part of me that believes I can talk my way out of this. No, you're we right. Share, you're right. We share we share a connective logic somewhere right. that I can talk no, my right. way out of. But That's when you point. see a wolf, when you see a, a brown bear, when you see yep. certain animals, you're like, oh cool, I'm toast. And I think I'm that, toast. That, I think the alien would be in the. I think I might be toast here. I think you're right. No, it's a good point. Thank you for um, walking me back off that cliff. I appreciate that. That's okay. Uh, I just want to prep you for when the aliens inevitably come to be yeah. that much more scared. Yes. Um, it's the second so Billy, act of this, the No Joke yes. Podcast. Adam, we have a Twitter handle, at No Joke Pod on Twitter. You yep. can email us, nojokepod at gmail.com. Please do. We are in the second act talking about the Trump Trump's virus. Yes, Billy, I would like to hear your kind of emotional TikTok of you finding out Marina was asleep. You didn't wake her up and tell her, or you did? Sorry. So I was wrestling with that choice in my yes. mind. It was like yes. I had so much adrenaline i was feeling so just <laughs> elated i was just like finally some bad finally. news happens to a bad person yeah finally, really I know. the abusers are being abused correct finally liars are having to deal with their lies firsthand so Amen. i was feeling all those emotions marina was asleep and so for about an hour i think i actually poured myself a victory drink i think i might have nice. actually poured myself a drink and sat down and be like i'm just gonna marinate in this for a minute <laughs> and, at a sick time what a sick time this is yeah, yeah. i'm just uh, I'm turning on the air I'm going to just like sit in a cold room and just read the news and read people dunking on the liars lies. So I bring Marina to bed. I walk her to bed. And as she's getting to bed, um, she lays down and she's ready to fall asleep. I say, you know, I've been thinking back and forth about this. And I just want you to know President Trump. And Melania got coronavirus. <laughs> a little lullaby. A little sweet lullaby. <laughs> and I watched her eyes go from like falling asleep to now getting awake again and getting fully awake again and then sitting yeah. upright in the bed and saying, get me a cookie. <laughs> <laughs> she got a cookie and her phone, and now she was a part of the. We're googling everything we can find in here. So it was get like me a, a cookie and a Google. Hushed, it was a hushed celebration. Let's yeah, put it I that get way. That. I get that. But I but I haven't had that much fun on Twitter in two three years maybe it just felt like a sleepover party where all of my funny friends were invited and we were allowed to say whatever we wanted about the bully who has been beating us up for the past three years yeah it did it was such it did feel like i mean it just you're so right it just felt like cosmically correct and also like it also was just like because this whole time it's almost been like he's been taking no precautions clearly and it's like how hasn't he gotten it yet you know what I mean? Right. It was like right. almost – it almost felt long overdue or something. Mm-hmm. And like what felt narratively like Hollywood scripted satisfying about it was that like here we are 30 days from the election. We're getting down to the wire and now he gets the virus. And it just mm-hmm. felt like so nar- so right- writerly. There was something so like, – again, so movie, so cinematic about it. Yes. Um, so you're scrolling Twitter. You're reading everyone dunking uh, the shit out of Trump, making yeah. fun of and him. And I'm dunking too. 
It of wasn't. Ju- I wasn't just on the sidelines. I was a starting five member. I yeah, was yeah. throwing out every <laughs> single joke I could think yeah. of. Yeah. 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 I was just going for the jugular. Yes. Um, but I will say that you wake up the next morning and you're like, okay, I'm still pretty happy. Yeah. Like maybe his fever's getting higher. <laughs> it did feel like Christmas morning. It's so sick. And you start yeah. hearing about like whispers about like words like oxygen and then you start hearing about words like steroids but the next bomb drops when you hear that marine one is coming to scoop the mashed potato in the white house (laughs) and bring him to walter reed medical center because he needs to go to the hospital and now your wheels are spinning now my wheels are spinning and now i'm thinking let the bad man go away just get him out of here and that also took away some of the edge of hey this might not be the I heard a lot of people saying this is probably all a PR stunt. This is all just a way to come out and be a hero and say, look at me. I defeated the virus and you can too. When I saw him go to the hospital and then when I started hearing about the Stephen Millers, the, you know, just everyone, the Chris Christie's, everyone in his orbit got it too. I was like, no, this is, this is all very real. And I am just going to sit back and hit refresh on my social media devices. Yeah. And this is where. And, like, there's so much to say about this. And there's so, like, this kind of, like, um, amongst the mirth of it, amongst the mirth of the president getting sick, it did sort of, like, bring to mind that, like, all these sort of autocratic countries, your Russias, your Belaruses, your Brazils, and, all like, throughout history, like, there's just a long tradition of, like, um, autocratic leaders lying about their health and withholding medical information from the populace. And, like, it's just – it was – it's just been another kind of, like, week-long – sort of for me scary reminder of like how the united states right now is like a little bit at an autocratic precipice here in a way that we really haven't ever been before and it's really frightening and like the relationship that this administration has with facts and truth and their the the lack of obligation that they feel to share those truths and facts with us the the citizens Mm -hmm. is really um it's it's really dark and it's really unnerving is that a new feeling to you like were you Did you not feel this the day that Sean Spicer walked out and said that there was like oh. triple the amount of people on the, you know, the Rose Garden or wherever it was, the lawn for the inauguration? I mean, exactly like- that that was it, you're exactly right. I mean, like that was sort of that was like the first yeah, lie. That was the that was the first lie. Exactly. And mm-hmm. that was like, oh, there they feel no they feel completely shameless, completely almost em- empowered lying to bald face lying when Fact. we the American people can use our all of our five senses and our faculties and our critical thinking and our judgment and see that they're lying and still they don't care. They're all, they're still just going to lie. And then we've just been on that slippery slope this entire time and it feels like it's culminating in this like, well, is he I mean like for instance, right now it's Thursday, one o'clock where I am, is he dead? Would we no? Do you know what I mean? It's just like, I don't even trust them to tell us if and when he would die weekend at Bernie's style. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not even sure. Like, I can't even trust the sort of information that's coming out of the highest levels of government, even to that degree. And like a little bit that makes me a tinfoil hat conspiracy theorist, but in a little bit that just makes me like, this is what the Trump administration and their relationship to truth and fact and honesty has done to me. Exactly. <laughs> You're right. uh, yeah. Uh, you know, I think that also the they're just – they're just so – they just wriggle out of everything. We've oh, never God. seen any sort of cause and effect with any of the people on his team. They've never right. – you know, despite the lies, despite the you know bullying, despite the tactics, despite the it doesn't matter, we're in charge, what are you going to do about it? It just felt like for four years there was never any sort of pendulum swinging back and just saying – 
well, we couldn't stop you, and you packed the court so they couldn't stop you, but there's this one other thing, and it's viruses. <laughs> it's just yeah. – and, and, they, and they found a way to you know fly in the face of what you've been saying for this long. So that's, yeah. why, I'm, that's why I haven't had that come down where it's like, hey, these are real Americans, and you know these are yeah. people who are struggling with – you know, a really tricky thing, and some of them are out of shape, and some of them are really, you know, in tough positions here. I don't feel an ounce of that. I don't feel yeah. an ounce of that if you are an abuser. I, you know, bully the oh, bullies. Oh, no. That's what oh, I say. Oh, my God. If you're bully an the abuser bullies. and you abuse your power, if you abuse the people around you, if you abuse any, anything for your own personal gain, then you have what's coming to you. Coming to you. Absolutely. I mean, like the humbling, example. of course, the great humbling that we're talking about of like, of course, like Trump, who's been shit talking the virus, saying it's not a big deal, underplaying it on tape with Bob Woodward, saying that he was going to underplay it to us just so he could look better and keep the economy afloat, etc. Mocking Joe Biden and everyone who wears wears masks, mocking journalists who wears masks. I mean, like the whole thing has been a disaster. And it's that thing of like, you might not believe in science, but science believes in you. Right. <laughs> right. And it's like science is empirical. And here it is now. I mean, like, here it is in your body. So that's a matter of fact. Um, but yes, the Walter Reed of it was almost, uh, I mean, and we'll talk about this now, but that was almost, the, this, this has almost been the most, that was like the, the weirdest, most surreal chapter of the whole thing to me, was Definitely. him being at Walter Reed, putting out those weird hostage videos of him being like, I'm okay and everything's great. I'm The staff here is great and I'm better than ever. I feel 20 years younger. He's on all the steroids in the world. He, I mean, the, 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 the rank hypocrisy of Trump and the Republicans at large trying to take away health care from everybody. Meanwhile, he's getting the best medical care in the universe mm -hmm. and profiting from the uh, and benefiting from like the most expert doctors and essentially socialized medicine, by the way, mm -hmm. and just like sort of being the benefactor of all that. I mean, like, I feel amazing. Um, I'm on all these steroids and I feel great. And then like the, those weird doctor, those weird lineup of like 10, 30 something doctor guys mm -hmm. that would like march out to the front of Walter Reed mm -hmm. and that guy just like lying to us and then getting caught and they'll be like, Trump's fine. It's all good. His oxygen's fine. It's no big deal. And then like uh, Mark Meadows, is that the same Mark Meadows, the chief of staff yeah. off the record is like, it's actually really bad. He can't breathe and it's dire. And then the next day the doctors come back out and the journalists are like, so did you lie to us? And he was like, okay, so I did, but it was only because Trump is watching and he needs to feel happy. And it was like, well, this is psychotic. Like this is sociopathic. Like, <laughs> right. right. Uh, and that's when I was just like, this feels so dreamy, like dreamlike. And he looks ill and is making up is weird and like he he looks sickly and like what is happening is he how does dead? that make you how does that yeah. make you yes he's dead inside that's for damn yeah sure. right well that's um, for sure. how does that make you feel when <laughs> you see doctors who are sworn to an oath of just trusting science and sharing what facts exist when they are twisting the narrative for the yeah. president how does that make you when you see that one specific doctor his name is escaping me right now but who constantly conley maybe said, conley conley yeah. right we won't yeah. look back when people are like when was his last negative test he yeah says, we're not the interest does that make you feel sympathetic for that guy does that make you feel no. angry at that guy furious furious and furious. this is what i'm saying about the relationship to truth and fact and science like mm -hmm. and this is what's very sort of like putin-esque and like mussolini-esque about this mm -hmm. this is like mm -hmm. it is very very disturbing very mm -hmm. un nerving very disturbing and then it came out maybe yesterday that he made all those doctors sign ndas like they're like they're members of a studio audience of his reality show like the doctors of science who are those telling were the us doctors from when he went to walter reed in november 
from like oh a, I see from okay a I misunderstood trip. got it and okay, all got the it. two doctors uh, two doctors said we will not sign NDAs we are doctors we already have we have sworn oaths over and over again this isn't NBC's The Apprentice like this right. is no this actually isn't The Apprentice sir. and you're just a patient sir <laughs> yeah you're yeah. coming here for our help sir <laughs> yeah so so like the doctor yeah there was something about the, those lineup of doctors and that guy Conley that just made my skin crawl so much mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and just felt so I just felt I don't even know what the right word is like not even a betrayal but just like I felt like that really almost felt more cinematic than anything else did it just feel like, more cinematic than the magic hour joyride that yeah. uh, President Trump then left the hospital where he was presumably on oxygen and all of these other uh, steroids and drugs and painkillers and whatever you call them, cocktails. Yeah. And he got in a car with his Secret Service agents, did a little joyride, waved to just just random Republicans who happened to find out that he was going to be on the side of the road. I don't know how yes. that all got organized. Um, yes. I know he tweeted something out. But all that to be said that he then went on a joyride, came back to the hospital, and the next day he said, I'm out of here. So, what do you say in the third act, Adam? Uh, We pick up on uh, his joyride, his leaving the hospital, his coming back, and then him wheezing on a balcony. (laughs) Oh, brutal. Him coming out for all of the world to see. Watch me wheeze. Um, watch should we play me a song by Lil Wheezy? We absolutely should. Adam, what song by Lil Wheezy should we play? Um, there's uh, Millionaire. Do you have a favorite Lil Wheezy song? Um, I loved the Carter 3. That was like, at the time when it came out, I thought that album was so good. Um, mm-hmm. I loved his rendition of Let the Beat Build. I loved oh, yeah. the one with the siren, the police sirens. Um, you like that song? I mean, yeah, I like the whole album, honestly. <laughs> that song makes me so embarrassed. Really? Not like an R&B singer, like a legit R&B singer to get on the track and only sing, wee, 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 wee. <laughs> like yeah. a professional singer went to the studio and just sang, wee, wee, wee. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, we should play that song because we're referencing it so much but i also have a favorite have you ever heard him remix or freestyle over uh run this town by the oh Jay-Z? amazing incredible it's, i think incredible him i think that is little wayne at the play peak that. of his metaphorical powers let's Every play that single line is a metaphor or a turn of phrase that you're just like this is unstoppable little wayne at his height was like had a legitimate sort of claim to like best rapper alive when he was yeah, sort of in life. his pocket oh. Yeah, I think yeah. he was best rapper ever. Yeah, he had, he was, I think he had an argument for best rapper ever. Yeah, he was definitely best rapper alive. When oh he was yeah, doing Carter three. All right, Absolutely. so you want to do the Run This Town remix oh, uh, for with sure. Lil Weezy, and then we'll get back and keep talking about Big Weezy. Big Weezy, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, young money run this town's 
countries. I still eat rappers, mmm, scrumptious. My goons told thumpers, they pump them like clumpers. Anybody beat, I'm Dunkle Archie Bunkers. Soon you be the wildest, let's run the metropolis. I pop like lollies, you drop like eyelids. The money keep calling, I hear the shit dialing. And they say money talks, you can hear my shit hollering. You softer than nylon, oops, I meant nylon. Perfection is the goal, and I'm headed to the pylon. Crown fit me good, I ain't even got a try on. The pistol mean business, that bitch should have a tie on. TD told me do this shit, so I had to do this shit. I get superhero money, call a nigga super rich. Keep it super for a while, let me get on my super shit. Super ill, super sick, dog, I go super vic. Ran into a super woman, turned into a super bitch. Get up with that super dick, she be coming super quick. Super meals, Mac, Tiger Street, Snelly, Super Nick. Super drizzy, got a chuck and twist, that's the super click. Now I'm off that super shit, fuck that shit, I super quick. Running circles round a game, like a hula hoop and shit. You gon' have to loop this shit, that won't be a duplicate. And my bloods be super thick, I'm higher than the super kick. I'm, I'm the bomb, baby, watch me nuke this shit. When I leave the boot, they gotta scoop this shit. My apologies, diabolically. I'm the prodigy, do you ride with me? I look in the flames and see a hide of me. But how come I'm still cold and commonly? Yeah, we run this town like a lot of feet. Young Moolah, baby, I'm proud of me. Welcome back to the No Joe Podcast. That was Lil Wayne rapping over the Run This Town beat. He's awesome. He's mm-hmm. awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's he's a really awesome rapper. Still, he still is. Yeah, yeah. And great and great beat. Let's not look. Let's not overlook. Seriously, that, beat. that was such a monster when Jay Z, I think it was Kanye and Rihanna, Rihanna just came out and ripped off the Black Album. That thing yeah. was just the Black Album was a great time. Yeah, yeah. And it's is that the, a Swiss Beats a Swiss Beats number there? Is that hmm, who made that? Beat? I so, wouldn't think. So okay. I don't think so. I don't okay, know cool. who made that. That's a good question. Yeah. Um, Amazing. Third act of the No Joke podcast. We're talking about Big Wheezy and his big virus. <laughs> oh God. Um, last yeah. we last we left off, he was on a joyride. He came back to the hospital, made an announcement that I'm leaving tomorrow. Walked through big golden doors out of Walter Reed, um, touching the handrail on his way. I couldn't <laughs> not see that. Just gr- as a little thank you gift for the hospital and doctors that saved his life, he was going to leave a little COVID on the handrail. As Just a, a little gift. bit, a little yeah. taste. Yeah. If anybody needs it, I left it on the handrail. Gets back <laughs> in the car, uh, then takes the hel- helicopter back to the White House, and then walks up approximately 25 stairs at dusk, yes. gets to the top of the balcony, and stares out to, my question is, who? Adam? Who exactly? Who exactly? Who the virus? Exactly. Was he looking at the virus? Yeah. That is just a photo op, correct? <laughs> yeah, absolutely, right. Bill. So yeah. when he when it's announced that he is now leaving the hospital, is that must-see TV for you? Is that must-see Twitter for you, where you want to see what's happening now, or are you like, I'm over it? I think I was a little I was a little indisposed during that particular micro chapter of the saga. I think mm-hmm. I checked back in when he released his. I, I saw like the CNN coverage of the Evita on the balcony wheezy moment, mm-hmm. and then I saw his self produced video package of the moment. Mm. So like that's where I sort of like checked back in um, with it. I but, didn't see uh, the self produced video package of the moment. Did he do voiceover on it? No voiceover, just like intense Armageddon, Michael Bay music, the helicopter flying into the White House, him heroically climbing the steps and Mm -hmm. saluting. It was Mm -hmm. like, a you know, and but like this is what happens when you and we've said this a million times and this is not an original thought. But Mm -hmm. when the president is a man whose brain has been broken by the medium of television and who Mm -hmm. only thinks in terms of television only Mm -hmm. (laughs) and media, exactly manipulating media. Everything has to be around that. Correct. Only. So he's like his whole life. 
life is just the, if, if his whole if if he is intelligent about anything which i wouldn't even go that far to say but the only like as his brain is ravaged by narcissism and rage the only flickering ember of acumen that he has is media manipulation that is the only thing that he is it has has the skill if we want to even call it a skill so like that is he knows how to manipulate and commodify our attention so Mm -hmm. uh and it's just so it's bleak man and yeah total photo op only and then how we like sort of dramatically took the mask off as if to say like don't need this anymore all better take that virus so one thing that has to be discussed for a few minutes is steroids and how they make you yeah, behave. True. Um, I've certainly played with athletes who were on steroids. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, anabolic steroids. And what steroids do is they usually – people think that they just make you into a monster. They will right. like – you'll just immediately like walk into your kitchen, pick up your refrigerator and just like throw it out the window. Right. And if you are a rageful person, if you yeah. are in the gym a lot or if you are constantly engaging your muscles to such a degree that your body just kind of requires that and expects it every day, yeah. then steroids are going to turn that on to a 10. But yeah. if you are Donald Trump, if you don't have the physical capacity to want to get up and run and move because you're on these steroids um you tweet and you you tweet relentlessly and you um say i've never felt this good in 20 years donald trump is a sober man who has never experienced the high of a drug in the first place (laughs) it's a good point so he is operating in a he's really in someone else's body Right. Yeah. Now. Until the point. steroids wear off. And when steroids wear off, those same athletes that I played with who are really, really good athletes, especially on steroids, they drop down like three rungs. Like they Jesus. would drop down below, way below where they started. They started. It was a time and place oh, yeah. where they just needed to explode. So right now, yeah. if people are still like walking around, like, how is he possibly even like recording videos? How does yeah. he have the lung capacity? Folks, steroids drugs the drugs steroids yeah and our our mutual dear dear friend jen curran who has been a guest on this podcast and who uh, has multiple myeloma she takes steroids for in as part of her treatment and she says that when she's on steroids she rearrange she gets so sort of like hopped up on steroids that she finds herself like rearranging the furniture in her apartment at 3 30 in the morning it's just like mm-hmm. it, it just yeah it, the way it manifests in these body it's just whatever but uh yeah it's it's um and not, so here's not a to, prediction so here's yeah. a prediction, and here's a question. Does our guy become addicted to steroids? Oh, man. Wouldn't that be a and funny little weird twist? Yeah. I, I, it seems so incredibly plausible to me, if only because he just wants to be, quote unquote, the best. And that yeah. is unquantifiable, and that is not exactly like the best at what? Well, nobody really knows. He just wants to be the best and the most respected. Yeah, right. And if he is a kind of like, if he's like accumulating rust, Right now, if he's clearly on the decline mentally and physically, my man is going to need some sort of cheat code that makes him feel like he's 20 years old or that he's 50 years old, depending on whatever the tweet was. And not to mention the fact that I mean, from what we know scientifically about COVID, that there is like, um, you know, this is call it. I don't know how many days. I mean, that's the other thing about him not telling us the truth. We don't exactly even know when his last negative test was, when he was officially diagnosed, etc. But let's say that we're six days into his diagnosis or whatever. I mean, like, there's plenty of evidence about COVID to suggest that, like, you know, days seven through ten, it's not a predictable virus. Like, and it can sort of, like, ebb and flow, and there's, like, pockets where you feel better, and then it flares back up. So, like... 
we he feels great because that's on steroids, but that's only day four of the virus. What about the next five days? And to your point, like if he keeps feeling worse because of COVID, will he keep pumping them roids? <laughs> I would. I would. And I know the athletes who were addicted to it because it felt so good and made them get to the next level yeah. would too. Oh, God. He's shameless. He's old. He's dying. Get this man some steroids. That's his last shot. Jesus. I think that's really where his head is at. If I'm him, if I'm him and I am not him, but if I'm him, I'm certainly like, listen, I'm 74 years old. Who cares? Give me Pump this. me full of these things. <laughs> oh my. Pump me full. Oh, my um, God. So since then, um, there was, you know, there was talk that it happened at the Rose Garden. Um, he had since gone to a place called Bedminster. I'm not going to get into all those details, but he's still been traveling. He went to Minnesota for a little while. Yeah. He's still debated for a little while. Yeah. So there's no reason to believe that he is going to quarantine correctly or Definitely. do anything. Um, no. You know, that will be for the safety of those around him. Pretty sure he's so, already Adam, back in my... the small White House. Pretty sure he's already back in the Oval Office and everyone I, else I now needs to wear hazmat so. suits. Yeah. Yeah. So, Adam, do you think – and this will be the last question because we're kind of going long. But Great. do you think that the people in his orbit, um, who we all know are shameless, we all know are bottom feeders, we all know they're crabs in a bucket trying to pull one another down to get up a little bit higher. Do you think that they have the integrity – and I'm not talking about the journalists. I'm talking about the slimy politicians. Do you think they have the integrity to say, we are not meeting with you? We will take our lives back because it is too reckless to be around you right now, President Trump. Do you mean – are you asking me that if like the Ted Cruz's and Mitch McConnell's and Lindsey Graham's of the world, if Donald Trump beckoned them to the physical Oval Office, if they would say no thank you? If they yeah, like- what is your best guess? Do you think that ultimately some people have to just like come to grips with the fact that I can't just be a sacrificial lamb for the sake of this dictator? Yeah, that's such a good question. I mean, like the Republican Party has become such a cult, has been transformed so rapidly into a cult of Donald Trump, so sort of almost completely and wholly that mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I don't know about that, Bill. I, I, I don't. Um, I mean, yeah, what is secret service members oh. don't say no. Um, they can't. Know, they're his, like they're his, like legally and like you know, sort of like nationally beholden to the not the man who is the president, but the office of the presidency. Unfortunately for mm, them, so like they need mm. to do whatever whoever resides in the office of the presidency says, which is shitty because this president is a fucking lunatic, is a maniac, is a dumb maniac. Um, yeah. But it's it's. Um, it's crazy. And I just – is it true that the debate that I read this morning that the second debate is now going to be virtual and Trump might even pull out? I mean yes. – Okay. Okay. Yes. So like it does seem like that like the that the other levels of institutional governance are starting to account at least somewhat responsibly for the fact that the commander-in-chief is infectious with COVID. Mm-hmm. So at least mm-hmm. some of the other trappings of government are sort of at least honoring the science somehow a little bit. I also just want to say mm-hmm. another like petty humbling thing was that um, – he gets sick and all of a sudden, oh, now it's COVID. It's not the China virus anymore, is it? It Now it's COVID. It's like there was just a little bit of like, oh, like, yeah, that's right. That is why, Adam, you and I are calling this episode Trump's virus um, because he's the one who has it and he's the one who we are talking about today. And um, I don't want to make any predictions, but I'm hoping that it's either our voting or some sort of germ that is going to get this man out of our life in the next month. So if you haven't gotten your official mail-in ballot, you live in a state where you haven't received it, you can check to see if you can still register. If you can't still register or you are registered, more importantly, 
November 3rd, you have to go to the ballot and go Democratic down the ticket. Simple as that. Yep, we got to stop the bleeding here, guys. Stop the bleeding, <laughs> stop the virus, stop the yeah. president. <laughs> yeah. For the No Joke Podcast, I am Billy Scafuri. I'm Adam Lustig. And like always, we will talk to you next week. Thank you so much. That was a HeadGum Podcast. <laughs>